Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. As well as being violinist of the Danish string quartet, Huna Tonsgod Sorensen is also a member of the folk trio Dreamers Circus. In an aim to pass on the traditions of Nordic folk music to the next generation of musicians, the trio has devised a resource called Handed On, a project comprising original folk music in the form of sheet music and YouTube videos. If you're interested in incorporating more, or any, Nordic folk music in your lessons, listen on to what Huna has to say. He spoke about the role of folk music in his own education, the parallels between handed on and the Suzuki method, as well as having more variety of repertoire in lessons. Have a listen. Runa, welcome to the Strad Podcast. We're here today to speak about passing on traditions of Nordic music to the next generation. And you and the members of your trio, the Dreamer Circus, are doing so via your new project called Handed On. So can you tell me and can you tell our wonderful listeners, uh, what exactly is this project Handed On? Yes, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. Handed On is uh, basically an educational project for people who are interested in new Nordic uh, folk music. It comes in two parts. So there is this sheet music book with uh, 58 new compositions, tunes that uh, we made and then we also did music videos for all the tunes that are available uh, for free on YouTube and that's you know if you want to get some inspiration or play along with us or just hear how we um, play this music then you can use the YouTube videos uh, as an addition to, uh, to the sheet music. It has been something that has uh, taken out up, up a lot of our energy and time, but it connects really well with you know our sort of vision to spread the word a little bit about the music that we love, um, which is the traditional folk music. That's also the type of music that, that brought us together in the first place. Um, as a trio, we met in a jam session uh, many years ago. So this is music that we, we share a big love for, and uh, we would love uh, more people to, to get a sense of what it is and, and how it can sound like and, and maybe, maybe play it. Mm. And, and that was sort of uh, our idea uh, behind this, this project. So it's a, a compilation of tunes and resources to get people to play this new Nordic folk music. Tell me a little bit about why you think it's so important to pass on these folk traditions. Like you mentioned before how this is the type of music that brought you and your trio members together. Did you feel like this was something that was missing a bit or is it representative of the kind of education you had in folk music growing up as a child. Oh yes, in, indeed. I actually started playing folk music when, when I was three, four years. And that's the case with uh, all members of the trio. We, we started uh, with the folk music when we were very young. And then later we started experimenting with other genres as well. And, and uh, I ended up studying classical music and spend a lot of time with that now in my string quartet, the Danish string quartet. But I think it's important because the folk music in many ways opens a window uh, into who we are as people, you know, as a culture, as a, a country and, and a little region in the big world, you know. The folk music tells a very 
clear and important story of, of who we are. I think in Denmark, especially historically, we, we haven't been good at preserving our own musical heritage. And, and here I think of the folk music. It's a different story in, in Sweden and Norway, but not so much in Denmark. And we set out on this mission to, to change that because I think there's a lot of people maybe with some prejudice in the folk music. And in many ways, I can understand that. There's a reason why people have those thoughts about what folk music is. But in fact, it's so much more than that. It's hundreds of years of music that can really speak to not only your feet, uh, like with dance music, but also your mind and, and your heart. And there's such a broad variety of music in the folk music genre. Mm. That's something we think is important for people to at least know and and if this project can help them gain access to some of that, that would be fantastic for us. It's a tricky thing, isn't it, passing on these traditions because a lot of it is done not necessarily notated, written down. It's done in quite an informal manner, and we'll get onto that a little bit shortly. Yeah. But, you know, f- for you, what are your memories of learning this type of music? I mean, as you mentioned, you started playing this music at a very, very young age. Yeah. Like, how was it passed on? To you, how does one sort of get started with this kind of music? I, I suppose for you, you're encapsulated in the culture yeah. already. Yeah. But without having the resource of handed on when you were a child, how was it passed on? Yes, but as, as you mentioned, it's passed on like not by written down music. It's, you know, you go to festivals, you go to dance evening. I, my parents, they were also uh, singing a lot in our home. Um, they are not musicians, but they love the music and they met each other in folk dance, actually. Um, so they brought me to all these kind of events with the music. So learning by ear is, you know, very important in this type of music. And that's also why we, we did the YouTube videos. So if you are more comfortable with, you know, learning by ear, you can you can do that by listening to the music videos we made. And if you're not comfortable with that, we also have the sheet music. But as you say, traditionally, the folk music is transmitted uh, mostly by ear. There are so many different ways of learning music, aren't there? I mean, you could be really drawn to oral, you know, listening orally or reading music. Some people regard reading music as like an extra thing sort of to sort of get past before you get to music. You know, there's also kinesthetic learning as well, people who learn by doing. So you've kind of got to be flexible enough so that you're accessible to all these different methods, I suppose. But what I wanted to ask you about using it as a resource, how do you think it's going to help teachers incorporate this music in their lessons? For example, here in the UK, a lot of music education is bound up in syllabuses and and curricula. You know, there's quite a strong grade system and people adhere to this, which has its pluses, but sometimes there's a bit of a limitation as to what kind of music you can introduce to your lessons. So, you know, what are your hopes for incorporating this music into these sort of already established systems? Actually, when when we did this project, we were very inspired by the Suzuki method because all three of us has been learning via the Suzuki method. And that is just a brilliant way, especially for a kid, learning music. So the way we organized the pieces in the sheet music book, we have four chapters increasing in difficulties, starting with very easy beginner tunes 
Uh, we even had Nikolai, our accordion player. He, he never played the violin, but he even wrote a tune on the violin to make sure that it was easy enough that he could play it. <laughs> so it's kind of like if he could do it, then someone else could. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the same you see in the Suzuki method. In the first book, you know, it's, it's very easy tunes for beginners and everyone can, can, can join. Mm. And very memorable tunes as well. That's quite a key thing with Suzuki is being able to remember oh, yeah. the tunes so that you can recall them and that way you get this immersion <laughs> into the music, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's great compositions in the Suzuki methods. You know, it's, it's all the big composers, you know, Mozart and Brahms and, mm. and, and, and you name it. So it's really great music, it's great material, but the way it's structured is also super helpful if you want to learn this this music. And we took a lot of inspiration from doing it that way. Yeah, as I mentioned, we have these four chapters and, and the first one is for, for real beginners and, and the last one is for sort of professionals, you know. Mm. That way, you know, I, I think there's put a lot of thought into the method. And to get back to your, your initial question, our hope is, I think, that teachers, maybe mainly Suzuki teachers, but, you know, all teachers can use this as a supplement, yeah. as an addition to already existing material. So, for instance, if you are teaching a child uh, and they are playing tune number three in the Suzuki book, and maybe, you know, they get a little bit tired of that tune, then <laughs> the teacher can say, okay, why not try a Danish polka or, or yeah. waltz or whatever? And then the, uh, the difficulty level should be more or less the same. Mm. And it's very much based on violin technique our tunes string techniques but but especially violin technique so that's what's been mostly on our mind the tunes can of course be played by all instruments but it is with the violin in mind uh, in terms of fingerings and bowings and yeah. rhythms and and what is what is easy for a violinist do you have any plans to release a series for like cello double bass viola as well we do have some plans uh, the <laughs> first plan is to do like a, a piano version so we do have some some written out piano versions of, of some of the tunes yeah. uh, and probably also some new ones as well. Yeah. Some of the tunes we actually wrote second parts. We, we have a few bass parts that can be played for cellos, for instance, mm. just open strings, you know, easy, easy things mm. also. So that's quite good also if you have a mixed ability ensemble that you're teaching. You might have a violinist who's a little bit more advanced, but you have a cellist or another instrument that's on open strings and they can join in and feel part of it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. It's a different way of passing on these traditions, isn't it? Because um, we had an interview um, earlier, oh, I'm going to say early in the year. This was last year now. Um, <laughs> yeah. With um, yeah. speaking of the Suzuki method, but with um, Augustine Hadelich, who recorded the oh, Suzuki yeah. method books four to six, and how he felt this great sense of responsibility okay. in doing so because he's sort of immortalizing yeah. the repertoire for a whole new generation of young violinists. And so if you have this recording, then you, you have, I guess it's just one particular interpretation of how you can perform these folk tunes, which you're planning to perpetuate. Yeah, but you can say our advantage is that it's our own material. <laughs> we wrote the music ourselves. I think that's probably the main difference from, from Hadley's pro project, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess. But still, we, we do have some responsibility, obviously, uh, also to the genre. Um, we tried our best. You know, if people can use it, we're, we're just happy for, for that, for sure. 
Like always good to have some new repertoire to play and also, you know, for parents and teachers, for them to listen to, you know, if their child yeah, or yeah, yeah. student is playing the same thing over and over again, it can get a little bit frustrating. So right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, right. I'm sure a lot of people would welcome the new range of repertoire. Rune, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, and we look forward to hearing more Danish folk music in the next generation of musicians, (laughs) fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. We hope for the best. (laughs) That was Rune Tonsgaard Sorensen. Check out the show notes for more information about Handed On. Right now and at the top of the episode, you would have heard some pieces from the Handed On syllabus, so check the show notes for the details. And don't forget to check out thestrad.com where you'll find the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. And if you happen to be on Apple Podcasts right now, give us a review or a rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. Thanks for listening and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.